rolling, bro. Fratelloni's Ace Hardware and Garden Stores brings you Garage Logic Podcast number 371, April 27th, 2020. The high for this date occurred in 1920, I'm sorry, 1977, and it was 85 degrees, and the low was 21 degrees in 1909, and in 1907, eight and a half inches of snow. Huh. Oh, White Bear Lake, boy. no uh, White Bear Lake, no openings today. Uh, Minnetonka opened on this day in 1873. Of course, there were many openings over the last three days when we weren't podcasting. Uh, the lilacs are budding nicely, and the hostas are starting to peek out of the ground in Gumption County. And now, from the mayor's office, above the boathouse, on the east shore of Spoon Lake, it's Garage Logic. With Rookie on Production, Chris Reavers, Director of Social Media, John Hyde in the Newsroom, and occasionally Kenny from the Krabby Coffee Shop, here is your Flashlight King, Fireworks Commissioner, and Keeper of Common Sense, your Mayor, Joe Souchere. I did something Saturday that... I had never it had it had never occurred to me to do. I uh, explored Swede Hollow in St. Paul. Huh? You know about Swede Hollow? No. Swede Hollow was a shanty town. Uh, I think we off call it Holler. Swede, Swede Holler. Holler. It was a shanty town from uh, you know the 1850s to the 1950s. Uh, no electricity, no plumbing, no running water, no nothing. Just. Uh, Real tumble-down poor places in it where, where a lot of arriving immigrants live. Swedes, uh, then, then Italians and Hispanic and what have you. And uh, when they arrived, they would walk the railroad line from Union Depot to the holler. And it's just a great big hollow. It's, there's nothing to see. A, a paved path now makes a loop around where the houses once were. Uh, and there is, there is the original tunnel to get in there still exists. Uh, but it, it's a bit haunting to realize people live there. And then once in a while, if you looked up up on the banks of the holler, you could see uh, what I would presume to be a homeless person, almost uh, naturally disguised against the, the trees and vegetation. And uh, it, uh, it was uh, very interesting. Never done it before. Hmm. It's right off 7th Street below the Hams, uh, what used to be the Hams Brewery. That kind of surprises me, the fact that you waited until now to do it, because you're a very curious human being. Well, I always knew about Sweet Hollow. Uh, it was burned. The, the authorities burned it in 1956 just because of its, it, had, it had grown so unsanitary. Uh, I always knew about it. I just uh, I, it never got on my list till Saturday. Got hmm. a kid what I used to have. Huh? Uh, what do you mean by tunnel? You walk through a tunnel off Payne Avenue, down into the hollow. And it's no uh, you know, a 150-year-old tunnel. It's just nifty as really? hell. Yeah. Oh, wow. And now, so you descend into the hollow. And it's uh, you can park right off Payne Avenue by Morelli's Liquor Store, if you know where that is. But it's just a great No, but big... I, I know a guy that knows where that liquor store is. Oh, yeah. It, it's just a great big hole in the ground. Huh. Natural. We're, you were going to... 
before I interrupted you, you were going to say something about one of your uh, former kids. Well, a kid I used to have uh, is so enthralled by it. She's been gathering people and giving them tours and taking various oh. neighbors over there and whatnot. There really isn't anything to tour. There's nothing to see except to be reminded. There's a natural body of water there. It was fed by Phelan Creek, uh, and Phelan Creek was long ago diverted underground as it works its way to the Mississippi. So there was a body of water in there, and, and there still is. And uh, it's, it's cool. It's, it's, it's something to see when you remember that people actually lived in there. I looked up any famous people born in uh, Sweet Hollow, and I couldn't come up with anybody. I'm sure there might have been. Uh, I'm sure there were successful people that were raised in Sweet Hollow, but uh, I, I can't find it. All you got to do is Google Sweet Hollow and look at the images. They're fascinating. Huh. Yeah, I'll pass. Yeah. <laughs> I've got the latest from uh, uh, Governor uh, Michigan Governor uh, Gretchen Whitmer. Boy, there wasn't a camera she was turning down over the weekend, oh, by no. the way. Here's the latest. Can I still go fishing? Yes. Governor Whitmer, stay at home, stay safe. Executive order states you may still enjoy outdoor activities, including fishing, while practicing proper social distancing guidelines. How far can I travel to go fishing? There is no specific mileage restrictions for travel to go fishing. Can I transport my boat to go fishing? Yes, the executive order does not prohibit fishing from your boat as long as you don't use a motor on your boat. So if I live in Lansing, I can take my boat to Houghton Lake to go fishing as long as I don't use the motor on my boat. Yes. What if I have a cabin on Houghton Lake? You can fish on the lake, but you can't go to your cabin unless you have an out-of-state ID. Then it's okay to go to your cabin. What if I don't have an out-of-state ID and go check on my cabin? You're asking too many questions. You obviously have a total disregard for human life, and you're probably a racist. <laughs> wow. Okay, thank you. Who sent me that? Who sent me that? That's got to be a Kelsey operation. Oh, I think this is sent from Michigan by a guy named Chris Witt. Oh, cool. Yeah. yeah. Jeez, Louise. They're having the time of their lives, aren't they? I'm having dark thoughts. Oh. Good, because we're only, you know... Six minutes into the show. <laughs> uh, the great piece in the Wall Street Journal today, Journal Today, and rather than read it, I'm going to recommend the GLers find it. You want to give me the web address again? Well, no, I don't know what the. Actually, the you Wall know Street what? Journal. Every time I post a Wall Street Journal article, people get upset with me, so I'm not going to because you have to have a subscription to read their stuff online. Right. Well, then maybe it's pointless to point this out, but uh, it's a piece by T.J. Rogers, who was founding CEO of Cypress Semiconductor Conductor Corporation, and it's the headline is "Do Lockdowns Save Many Lives?" In most places, the data say no. Uh, and then it just begins, do quick shutdowns work to fight the spread of COVID-19? Joe Malcho, Yainan Weiss, and I wanted to find out. We set out to quantify how many deaths were caused by delayed shutdown orders on a state-by-state basis. To normalize for an unambiguous comparison of deaths between states at the midpoint of an e- epidemic, we counted deaths per million population for a fixed 21-day period measured for when the death rate first hit one per million. I'm going to stop there because it's, it's, it's math, and, and we don't want to turn this yeah, into... You get into trouble. We don't want to turn this into Joe can't do math. The bottom line is they can find no statistical significance in deaths per million uh, between shutdown orders and non-shutdown orders they can find no statistical advantage in deaths per million 
based on whether you uh, whether your city, your town, your country is shut down. And they they return to Sweden. Uh, they they are praising Sweden. Sweden is fighting coronavirus with common sense guidelines that are much less economically destructive than the lockdowns in most U.S. states. Since people over 65 account for about 80 percent of COVID-19 deaths, Sweden asked only seniors to shelter rather than uh, shutting down the rest of the country. And since Sweden had no pediatric deaths, it did not shut down elementary and middle schools. Sweden's containment measures are less onerous than America's, so it can keep them in place longer to prevent CO-19 from recurring. Sweden did not shut down stores, restaurants, and most businesses, but did shut down the Volvo automotive plant, which has since reopened, while the Tesla plant in Fremont, California, was shuttered by police and remains closed. How did the Swedes do? They suffered 80 deaths per million, 21 days after crossing the one per million threshold level. With 10 million people, Sweden's death rate without a shutdown and massive unemployment is lower than that of the seven hardest-hit U.S. states. Massachusetts, Rhode Island, Louisiana, Connecticut, Michigan, New Jersey, and New York. All of which, except Louisiana, shut down in three days or less. Despite stories about high death rates, Sweden is in the middle of the pack in Europe. Comparable to France, better than Italy, Spain, and the U.K., and worse than Finland, Denmark, and Norway. Older people in care homes accounted for half of Sweden's deaths. We should cheer for Sweden to succeed, not ghoulishly bash them. They may prove that many aspects of the U.S. shutdown were mistakes, ineffective and economically devastating, and we need to point the way to correcting them. So uh, if you can find Uh, that piece... This goes yeah. against everything I've heard about Sweden in the last couple of weeks. What were the con- uh, countries surrounding them that were uh, had fewer? Denmark, Norway, Finland, and and Finland. Yeah. Those countries have less deaths than Sweden, right? And those countries also surround Sweden, do they not? Right. But the point of this exercise that this fellow undertook was to demonstrate that. To prevent economic destruction, well, let's, I'm, I'm, I'm out ahead of my skis there. The, the task they undertook was to try to determine if statistically the stay-at-home orders are resulting in data that suggests the stay-at-home orders are terribly useful. And, yeah. uh, and they're discovering that in their estimation, in their calculations, they can't find any statistical significance in the shutdown orders. 80 per million, I believe you said. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then over the weekend, our deaths uh, skyrocketed. And uh, are, 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 are we not leading the nation now? You mean Minnesota? It, it, yeah. Or the United States? Mi- Minnesota. Mi- no, Minnesota's not leading the nation. Hell, New York people are dying, you know, 400 a day. Yeah. Now I've got to run off and find where I read that stupid yeah. headline. Yeah, that was... Uh, Maybe right. maybe a one day spike in cases, Kenny. But yeah, I, I, there's no way we're we're in front of New York. Well, that's no. what I thought. When no, I read no, it. we're we're not. We're not. But that All you right. you touched on an interesting point there because you mentioned that they closed the Volvo plant down, which I'm guessing that's just because they had so many people there working at one time. But that didn't really seem to make a whole lot of sense. But the other thing, Joe, we're we're gonna run out of money here, or maybe we're even already out of money because we're at what three point seven trillion. In debt for this calendar year alone, well, we're, t- we're not we're even tw- halfway through. We're $25 trillion in debt as a nation. Right, but I guess what my point was, just this calendar year alone, we're $3.7 trillion in debt. Just 2020, I'm talking. Oh, God, yes. It's, it, unless we 
go back to work tomorrow. I don't see this ending well. Uh, this could lead to all sorts of unimaginable dark places in terms of ceding liberty to a growing state that might find itself in cahoots with, uh, oh, uh, the nation's largest companies. Google, Facebook, uh, Apple. Uh, ah, what, huh? could, what could go wrong with that? And, and what evidence do we have, short of the belief that there are scientists working to develop a vaccine, which they may or may not be able to do, what evidence do we have to, to suggest that this just won't keep going forever? Well, that was my point. I, I just don't see it ending. Not ending well, just I don't think it's ever going away. Ever. You know, those initial uh, flames of fear were fanned mightily at the beginning of March. And America, uh, myself included initially, uh, was uh, accepting of being paralyzed by this. We were accepting of being told what to do. We were accepting of our leaders, which is astonishing because they're, in most cases, are not worth leading. But we were, we embraced that. We embraced it. Initially, we saw the wisdom in in the understanding that uh, really staying away from other people was the only form of vaccine we currently have. It's not like we pulled this out of our fanny suit. I mean, do you remember watching Italy? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, After China? I mean, Italy was devastating, and it seemed like this was the only solution. Mm Mm-hmm. So it's not like it's some leftist plot, or it didn't seem to be at the time. No, 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 no. But but if we don't end it, what's our future? But, but we if also we do, can't, oh, go go ahead, Kenny, go ahead. If we do end it, is everything we've done up until this point for naught? Well, we're about to find out because Georgia basically did that t- starting today, didn't they? They're reopening well, everything. So, so, well, Minnesota did a partial open, and I just as an aside, it made no difference in the traffic this morning, but uh, the governor did over the weekend lift some restrictions starting today. Yeah, manufacturing and heavy industry and office uh, jobs, et cetera. But it's, it's yeah, going to basically come down to a personal choice, you know, what, whether someone decides if their job were to reopen or if they were allowed back to work, they're going to make the personal decision of, yep, I'm comfortable going back or... Or if you're in Georgia, I'm comfortable going out to a restaurant, or I'm not, and I'm just going to stay home. Short of being locked out of your employment and thus not receiving a paycheck, what I'm witnessing is people are beginning to wean themselves off this stay-at-home order uh, and figuring out ways uh, every day to kind of expand their own circle of life. You know, today I'm going to go to the gas station, and tomorrow I might visit Sweet Hollow, and then I'm going to... Uh, then I'm going to play tennis or I'm going to play golf. Uh, speaking of which, I, the, the Minneapolis Park and Rec Board is relishing the sudden power they find themselves having. And they've taken they, down the tennis nets. They've taken down tennis nets. What? What, game, what game is more socially distant than tennis? One person was 60 yards from you, 50 which, feet or whatever way, it is. These jackasses will leave the tennis nets out all winter long. Really, really. Yeah, yeah. I mean, good there's point. A, there's <laughs> a lot of courts in this town where they just let them weather, you know. But I think people saggy and sad. Yeah, but but there, there's no common sense in taking down the tennis nets. 
What? What? Why? Why would you prevent people from playing tennis? Let's say it's a man and a child, or a man and a wife. They're 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 fine to go play tennis. I guess I'm sounding like a doctor now. They're well, fine. The I give them the permission par- to go yeah. play tennis. You know, the park board over here, they're the Gestapo. They're the worst. Well, how about suddenly on both sides of the river, yeah. there's only now one lane for cars. It's yeah. northbound on the St. Yeah. Paul side and southbound and on the Minneapolis side. Instead of encouraging social distancing, it's encouraging more and more people to get out. Absolutely. And they're, sti- they're out there elbow to elbow, and it's a complete failure. And they will not acknowledge that. It's such a gorgeous day today, just a glorious, glorious day that I have to go to the bank later, and I'm going to take my scooter. And I'll go northbound on Mississippi River Boulevard just for the hell of it. I bet I'm going to encounter throngs. Throngs, I say. Throngs. What you can do, Such, is you can do the tour. You can go north on the uh, St. Paul side, then swing over on Franklin and go south on the Minneapolis. Side. Just make sure you take the river twice. Just make sure that takes place. cross. Well, he will. He'll yeah. cross. I'd have Franklin to cross and, twice. Yeah, and cross, cross at Franklin it and cross at Ford. Yeah. By the way, I uh, on my way home, I believe it was Thursday. I took the the Aid Mill Road just because I hadn't driven that in quite some time. Whatever. What a bleeping disaster that road is! Wow, I had no idea yeah, how bad it was. And you had you had a really interesting and fascinating take on that uh, that they finally decided to come together and uh, fix this up and you saw it from an angle I did not see it from Such. Uh, uh, my angle is they're, they're tone deaf. They're yeah. going to spend 7.5 million on that beat up road when for 3 million they could merely repave it which is all it needs. But yep. no, we got to add bicycle lane. We got so we're going to cut the car traffic one lane in each way and then create a bicycle pedestrian situation. This is at a time when people are going to lose their jobs, they're going to lose their homes, uh, the kids aren't in school, uh, all of these dastardly things brought about by the, by the virus, and then they vote to do this. It's just ridiculous. It's ridiculous. You know what we're losing? I, I think it's Our been minds. a sub... Well, that too. <laughs> I, I think it's been a subset, a sub-theme of Garage Logic as we've studied the mystery uh, and we've been through the everybody gets a trophy uh, change in the dynamic of American life. We're we're just uh, please euphorians. I know you're listening. I'm not in any, and I've said this a million times. This is a hideous illness, and I, I wouldn't wish it upon anyone. But we've lost our sense of ever taking a risk. We've just lost it. So what does that mean for the future? If we continue to allow the government to, to run the show and determine who can work and where they can work, what's going to happen oh the next my. time and what's going to happen the next time a virus hits? Oh my. Because there's no reason we should believe this is the last time a virus is going to hit. Rook just texted me with breaking news. Back to the 50s, canceled for 2020. In theory, though, Joe, won't we be better prepared next time? Wasn't part of the problem was that we were just not, as a country, prepared? Masks, gloves, sanitizer, et cetera, et cetera. Or is that, uh, is that just part of their mantra? Well, the way I would answer that is look what happens every time there's a bit of positivity. And I grant you there hasn't been a great deal. But New York's death rate is, is, is decreasing. And... Uh, 
but rather than say, you know, we're plateauing, what, what Como, who I initially thought the world of, and still do to a certain extent because he's so sane and rational. But, I mean, I can't listen to him anymore. He's given the same speech every single day during his update. And what's he tell you the minute there's positivity? Well, we're not out of the woods yet. Yeah. We, we got to stick with this. Okay, how long are you going to stick with it? And there's no answer to that. If you stick well, with it till there's a vaccine, that might be two years from now. And there won't be any country to save two years from now. There just won't be. If we continue th- down this road. Yeah. yeah. I think what turned me, uh, especially for us in this state, was the fact that we're not filling up the hospitals. And not only are we not filling up the hospitals, uh, health workers are being laid off due to lack of work yeah right that's 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 what turned me to kenny 100 and that, that's that's flipped me around and now i'm wondering what the hell we're doing here but we also but, can't just hit you know the green light button and re- reopen every single aspect of society but it 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 should be a gradual reopen i agree with you let's talk about it from a from an ideological and philosophic standpoint which i've been thinking of mightily as i walk down the garage logic service road of life we have okay. witnessed in the failed academy the development of a, of a generation, if not two generations, of, of, of young people who have been taught that they should experience no disruption in their life, that they should experience no risk in their life, that they should never suffer a slight in their life, that they should never be found to be guilty of anything except they're uh, guilty of anything. We have developed, we have developed a, a perfect society to sit down and say, yes, government, you take over because I certainly don't want to face any risks. That's what we've developed. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. We have. We have what right. do we have in the failed academy? We have safe spaces. They've got to bring in a dog for you to pet because you might be sweaty about an exam. They have, uh, oh, and, and look at, the, look at the, the snitching networks that have developed yeah. in the failed academy where you can yeah. apparently report on a student whom you've decided was found to be insensitive about something. And it's the same thing now with COVID. Uh, people are more than willing, apparently, to call these snitch lines and say, hey, Billy next door was outside playing badminton with his kid. So what? So let him play badminton. We're, uh, we're headed for a dark place here. And unfortunately, we've, we've, we've created the brew we're now stewing in. We, we have created a generation or two of people who absolutely refuse to accept risk. And, you know, it's taken me a while to get to this point because, again, I don't want to catch this damn thing. But what the hell? I'd like to have a country here for my grandchildren. Isn't it ironic also that this, this COVID thing, we thought it was going to bring us all together as a country. And, in fact, it has done the opposite and made things further worse divided than we've ever oh, been no question the yeah. only difference is now we're not talking politics well we are talking politics but instead of talking election politics we're talking you know covid related politics there's a guy that used to work for mpr who uh, over the weekend in response to conservatives discussing opening things hopes that all conservatives get the covid and die wow this guy used to be on public radio and now Some, he's sitting yeah. at home s- seething and we've had a run-in with this jackass before do uh, i know the guy with Royce. 
Uh, you, you know the name, and I'm not oh. going to give him uh, the publicity because he's a jackass. But uh, <laughs> now, now he's he's saying that uh, all conservatives, he hopes they get the COVID and die. That's so that's where we're at. Oh, we can't even dis- can't even discuss it in uh, in in his world. We can't even discuss it. Well, some teacher just got fired for offering to pay people with the disease to go cough on Trump. Yeah, like they're going to knock on the front door of the White House and say, is Don home? And what does that person, and I'm glad they lost their job, but what does that person hope to gain by saying something so stupid? I mean, you, oh, I got I got 10,000 likes on Twitter. Okay, great. You're an idiot and you just lost your job. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, all I'm telling you is uh, the the thought that slowly and harmfully sinks in is that there are too many Americans unwilling to have the discussion we're having at this moment. There are too many millions and millions and millions of Americans who are very comfortable in sacrificing their liberties to be taken care of. And they don't realize the only thing the government can give you, Mm -hmm. to quote Winston Churchill, is what they've already taken from you. The only thing you can get from the government is what they've already taken for, from you in the first place. And now there's just Boy, too many uh... people. There's just too many people who are happy with this. They're comfortable with it. I talked to a guy yeah. the other day. He owns a bar in Milwaukee. And, of course, it shuttered. And he said those people now are getting benefits. Uh, to They're paid more now than they were when, when they, they were working. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. He said they're not going to come back. I, I know a guy like that who's yeah. making more now than, than he was. It's just play money. It's just made up. It doesn't exist. There's nothing to back it. Okay. All right. As an aside, Such, I was in Menards, Alexandria yesterday. Got in there about 10 minutes after they opened Sunday morning. The place was jam-packed, and there wasn't an affordable paintbrush in the store. There were about five $20 paintbrushes left, but uh, everybody's doing home improvement, and that store was elbow to elbow. Did you have to wait in line to get in? Did they have the the old serpentine line to get in because of numbers? No. No, not not up there. No. Interesting. How come you can go to Target and buy clothing, but you can't go to some gal's boutique clothing shop? I don't get it where your chances of encountering crowds would be zero yep. compared to Target. Yeah. A lot of this, and I don't, I'm not an anti-Walls guy. I think he was handed this. I don't think he asked for it. I think he's reacting the way governments react. But go back to the dock and uh, uh, boat lift analogy. Well, of course they can resume working. What, what were they closed in the first place for? But why can't the gal with a boutique... Uh, sent an email to her clients saying we're accepting two people in the store at one time. Come on by, we're open. Yep. And why can't that be her choice, his or her choice? It's got to be her choice. Exactly. Guys, there's about 16 people at the Mississippi headwaters right now <laughs> really? on camera. Do you have it on? I don't. I, I forgot to turn it on. It's packed. There's a ton of people. We're getting back to normal whether the government wants us to or not. It's just happening. And so my question is that I keep asking myself, well, shouldn't we just open up the bars, open up the restaurants? Let's go here. 
I'm at the people point. are doing it anyway. You should well, see the all point. the people here, Such. There's a ton of them here. Well, I'm going to answer your question, and I'm at the point today where I say yes. Will you choose to, to dine out at, a, at an establishment today if they opened? Are you comfortable with that? I'm you just know, curious. I'm not I, accusing. If I, could sit on, if I could sit on the patio at 30 bales, or you know what? I would. Me yeah, too. I, I would. I, I think just I for you know, just for psychological purposes, you probably would end up feeling better outside. There's probably no yeah. difference between outside and inside. But just for your own peace of mind, hell, I, I know a bunch of places right now. If they were open tonight uh, and I could sit outside, I'm there. I'm there. I've missed I've going really, out to dinner. That's a first world problem, isn't it? I've really I've been that. craving the the uh, driving over to Eau Claire. I want to make a little road trip over there and visit my buddies at the coffee grounds. And and I don't want to just stand outside and talk through a window. I want to go in and do the deal. You know? I called uh, the coffee grounds today and talked to Eric and ordered some cigars. And we got talking nice. about what his business is like. And he said, you know, when we, when we did this eight years ago, we put a little window in, about a three-foot-wide window. We didn't even know why at the time. We've never used it. And now all of our business is done through that window. Wow. Did you do that, Such? Because last weekend, or excuse me, last week, I mentioned in one of their ads that the humidor is open. I mentioned it, uh, mentioned it a ton of times. Is well, that I went why? to... Did, well, I went to where I usually buy them, and they're closed until further notice. And I remembered uh, you mentioning uh, uh, coffee grounds having the great humidor, so I sure as hell called them today. The power of the GL podcast yeah. even gets the mayor to frequent. Yeah. That's yeah. fantastic. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and we're due for coffee uh, up here, and instead of running off to the store, I'm just going to call uh, the coffee grounds this afternoon, have them send over a couple of pounds. Say, uh, this day is just, uh, we've just had a spate of good weather, and today's really taking the cake. And uh, you want to get to your cabin while the uh, government still allows you to. <laughs> so you're going to get up there, put in the dock, and call Aquaside. So have a weed-free beach all summer. The Aquaside people have been helping keep lake homeowners, keep their shoreline free of weeds and unwanted vegetation since 1956. They have dozens of products. Will help you maintain. I heard you're lighter, Kenny. It will help you maintain your your lake shore or pond this summer. They are all completely safe and easy to use. Even the lake detective would agree. Go to Aquaside.com and get your summer season started off right. Aquaside.com. Not sure what you have growing or what you might need? Call them. That they know. They've seen it all. One eight hundred three two eight nine three five zero. As I say. They've seen it all, and they've helped hundreds of thousands of lake homeowners get rid of unwanted lake vegetation safely and quickly. Aquaside is the official lake weed removal company of Garage Logic in Spoon Lake. Wait, are you going to break away? Because before yeah. you break away, I'm I'm thinking about going. I'm sitting in my pond. I'm I'm looking two months in the future. My pontoon rebuild is done. I'm out on the pontoon. I'm floating around. I'm seeing a beautiful beach with no weeds, and my eyes gaze up at a beautiful lawn that, that goes right down to the beach, to the house, all courtesy of ProfessionalTurf.com. And I'm thinking either Aquaside is the ProTurf of the water, or ProTurf is the Aquaside 
of your lawn. Interesting. Because that beautiful lawn, it's just a click away. Everything's greening up here really nicely around Gumption County. Dandelion season right around the corner. Uh, unless you have professionalturf.com as your guys, then you don't have a weed in sight. No broadleaf weeds, no issues whatsoever. Just a plush carpet of luscious green, and it's all guaranteed. All you do is water and mow. And when your neighbors start wonder, wandering over and wondering... Simple, you say, professionalturf.com. The best lawn on the lake is a click away, professionalturf.com. Ah. This song. University of Garage Logic, 98. College of Self Esteem, zip, nada, nothing. Here's Joe Souchere. Joe, here in Minnesota, hog farmers are unable to sell their hogs. Meat packers in Sioux Falls and elsewhere are closed. Local mom-and-pop butchers are filled to capacity. Farmers cannot sell hogs and cannot afford to keep feeding them. My nephew called yesterday to tell me about a friend who owns a hog farm. The friend is in this position right now and is selling market-weight hogs for $85 each. That is three oh. cents a pound when normally oh. they would bring 90 cents per pound. We are butchering a batch of them this weekend. The rest will be killed and buried. He literally has no choice. No, no. The situation, oh shush, shush. The situation is a shame. <laughs> People are starving in the world or soon will be. The government lockdown killed the world's economy, businesses, the food chain, and the personal finances of billions of people. Governments of all ilk likewise are broke or soon will be. They overspent before the pandemic and now will be bitten by a fall in tax collections. I call it the great squandering. Governments squandered a beautiful economy, pandered to every special interest, and now have nothing to show for it and nothing in the bank for this very rainy day. Heck, we don't even have good roads to show for it, but we do have a bunch of traffic-clogging bike lanes in downtown Minneapolis. When this is all over and the real numbers come out, there will be a reckoning of biblical proportions. If it is found that the politicians and scientists were wrong, however well-intentioned, they won't be trusted for generations to come. Tom in Fridley, What a great Minnesota. Wow. Tom in Fridley, Minnesota. We should be putting a hog in every freezer right now. Uh, I hate to see those things getting buried. Um, boy, how do we do that? Uh, we're going to talk to Spencer this week. Oh, good. All across the country, Spencer. there's places like Spencer's, meat markets in every every little small town that have a killing room in the back. I mean, they walk them in, they put them down, and, and the process starts right there. I wonder how many of those can be put to use. You well, that's know what a, I'm saying? A, that, that's and, among and I'm the, spitballing here. That's among what we can learn from Spencer is, well, how many hogs could you have in inventory? For all I know, he's already full. We're talking how about can, uh, how can old-fashioned How can guys like us, like how can Reavers get a hold of a hog? Or the Reavers, how can the Reavers family, all the brothers, pick up three hogs, put them down, cut them up, get them into lockers, and, and make use of them instead of throwing them away? Call a oh, hog that's farm. awful. Call a hog it's farm. It's got to be a... Yeah, there's got to be. A I don't way. know how to. You know what? I wouldn't know how to get a hold of a hog farm. I worked on one when I was a kid, and I'm trying to think of how how that could be. Is expedited the right word? I I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I I really don't know. But that's boy, that's freaking I heartbreaking know. to hear. My wow. side of the family, my wife's side of the family, we could all you know go in on a. If it's at eighty dollars, is that what I'm hearing? Eighty dollars for a mature hog? Yeah. My God, that's a steal. Three cents a pound. 
Oh, it's apocryphal for the farmer, but it's just uh, dreadful. Oh, but at this depressing. point, I, I get this, the the farmer side of it because the farmer's thinking, well, I'm running out of cash here. I'd rather take something rather than nothing. But Maybe right. I could get one and just let it roam around in the backyard there until it's go. time to eat it. That's a really good idea. You do not want to be associated with a living hog. Nope. Those things are they're straight up evil. They're, yeah, the they're nasty, devil's, aren't they? The devil's brainchild. They sure taste boy, good. Boy, they taste good. <laughs> Back to the Minneapolis Park and Recreation Board. Oh, yes. Uh, based on the high volume of complaints they've received, so the, the snitching is up and running, uh, about groups at parks, they plan to close or modify many city-owned facilities. Uh, and this is to be expected by Friday. Is Friday, May 1st? Yes. Yeah. According to a post on the city's website, the uh, Park and Rec Board plans to close playgrounds, skating parks, athletic fields, basketball rims will be removed or blocked, tennis court nets will come down, as weather warm signs reminding everyone to social distance will be added to disc golf courses and the picnic areas will limit gatherings to 10 people or fewer. Parks like Weber Parks in North Minneapolis will remain open. The Minneapolis Parks uh, Department will only make modifications starting Monday to encourage more social distancing. Why would Weber remain open? Uh, What's the philosophy behind that? Parks like Weber... Will remain open. Do they not care about parks in minority areas? I don't know. No, that's an absurd conclusion to jump to, isn't it? Mm-hmm. I, I I don't know why. Oh. Uh, uh, call them. Let's call the park board and say why is Weber open? Reeves, interesting. Hey, I'm on it. Call the Minneapolis Park Board. I'm gonna do it right you, now. What I'm seeing in my mind though is a lot. Of, so you're going to close down the basketball courts. You're going to close down all the places that the kids, the teens, go to hang out and yep. blow off steam and energy. What's that going to do to our crime rate? Well, it can't be helpful, especially. What if we get two weeks of 90 degree weather, long hot nights? Trouble could be a brewing. Yeah. But this oh, is boy. ridiculous. Uh, Basketball rims, no nets. Uh, tennis courts, no nets. Uh, <laughs> it's just, it's just absurd. I, I, I'm losing my tolerance for understanding the logic of some of this. There's, to me, there's no logic. In that. <laughs> somebody just, somebody just fell in. <laughs> Up at Itasca. Yeah, yeah. There's so many people there, Such. I'm gonna have to turn this off. This is better than a TV show. These yahoos. Well, okay. plus some. Oh yeah. my God. What? I'm turning we're, it off. No, no, no. We're doing something right now. I didn't hear anything that you guys were just saying. You guys are gonna, Joe. This corroborates everything you've been saying about government. What? Are you ready? What? Yep. You yeah. ready? Here we go. Yep. And don't worry, nobody answers the phone, so we're not going to violate anything. Although we're not, we're not on the air anymore, we're a, we're a podcast. That's right. Just dial it. What are you doing? This is so perfect. Dun, 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 dun. Come on, come on, come on. Did you dial all the numbers? Maybe I forgot to dial nine. Did I forget to dial nine. Hold on. Six one two. What was the phone number again? Nine four eight. <laughs> That's your address. <laughs> <laughs> okay, here we go. Dun, dun. I'm a we'll bad waiter. Yes, you are. We'll c- cut this out of the broadcast. Why did? The, why is this not working? Forget it. All right. Anyway, it Tell went us. through an endless cycle of options 
basically telling you to call different phone numbers. Mm-hmm. And then it hangs up on you. Mm-hmm. Minneapolis Park Board. This is the Minneapolis Park Board's you know, phone line. Well, you know what's interesting about this, and I was going to send this to you, Such, and I'm still sitting on this email. Uh, the Minneapolis Park Board, it was either last week or the week before, released a plan regarding their 24 transportation goals. And I wanted to read this plan, and I had to go through four different sites, four or more, click this link, follow that, uh, try to find a new a- an address, click that one, get get the runaround, and finally discovered... calling about your tree on the boulevard. Here we go, sorry, want to reach forestry. They are open from 7.30 till 4 p.m., and please press 2 to speak to them directly. Okay, okay. If sure. you'd like to speak to a customer service representative, please press 1. We also have great information on our website, www.minneapolisparks.org. Have a wonderful day in the Minneapolis Parks. <laughs> are you kidding me? Okay. <laughs> Thanks for that. So here's... Here's what I was uh, alluding to, and it's not from the park board. It's from the city of Minneapolis. It's a pedestrian update announcing the dates for remaining online open house for the draft transportation action plan. Okay, I'm not interested in going to the open house, but I want to see the draft transportation action plan. And it took me 10 to 15 minutes of clicking links and following uh, different leads to discover, you know what? They don't want me to see... The draft transportation action plan. It is not available, and you have to jump through so many hoops just to find out you can't see it that it's amazing. And this is how they cram this crap down our throat, Such. I wonder how harmful it will be to the automobile. Oh, no, no, that was made very clear in one of the sites I, I was at. Uh, there is a, The plan for the automobile is to get rid of it. And, is this the, openly, are, you talking the, are you talking the 2040 plan? I'm going to send this to you. Yeah, just so you're going to have to you're going to have to follow through and try getting uh, information on the plan like I did. What are you, GL Joe? Yep. All hail, okay. all hail, hail you. Hail. Uh, you. I, the self-proclaimed chairman of the Gumption County Citizen Committee on Politics, we hereby recognize our mayor did call it when he recognized that everything the salon said was wrong in the world of COVID-19 about a month ago. Yeah, I, a month ago I wrote a piece that said everything they dreamed up in the salon is wrong if you're going to have a pandemic. Uh, it's now uh, uh, being written about in the National Review. Uh, so uh, as today will likely not result in, much, in a much-needed official garage opener, this was written Friday, the mayor should be addressed by the staff this day, the 24th of April, in the year of our Lord, 2020, as His Excellency. So this guy, Jim Dudley, he's giving me a little pat on the back because, you know, National Review is now writing that uh, dense urban uh, living conditions are, are, are wrong. And uh, people are, uh, this will reshape, if we can survive at the economy and have some money, this is going to reshape the way and where people live. Is the National Review a conservative publication? Uh, because yeah. if it is, it will carry no merit whatsoever yeah. with everybody else. They're uh, writing that people are moving out of the cities and they ain't coming back. Yeah. That's going to happen. It's going to happen in a lot of places. Well, and, and a lot of it will also depend on just from a financial standpoint. Some people probably aren't even going to, even if they wanted to, aren't going to be able to afford a, a downtown luxury condo if they, even if they wanted one. Dear Joe, I live in, a- dear Joe, I live in Highland, Utah, which is 
overall a pretty conservative state. However, on the local news this evening, this was written to me late last week, there was a story about a local school about local school boards clarifying how the end of their school years will play out. In my school district, which has a similar plan to others in the area, it will work like this. The school year will continue online until the middle of May. No child will fail this year. All students pass regardless of their performance this year. Students also have an option of either taking a regular grade, except for an F, or simply taking a P, which means passed. The rationale for a regular grade or a P is because some kids who aren't doing as well online and are worried about their GPA can opt for a P. Which uh, What it also means is that a kid can quit doing anything for the rest of mm-hmm. the year with absolutely no consequence. Take a P and move on. Seems like a situation euphorians have been wanting for a long time. Oh. Everyone is a winner. Chuck Lee in Highland, Utah. What, have I, what did I say at the start of the show? Yep. We are creating generations who are going to be ripe to be governed we are creating generations who are going to be more, in, in fact, will accept or anticipate that they should be told what to do. Technically, that's not true, though, because at the very beginning of the show, you said Fratelloni's Ace Harbor and Garden Stores brings you Garage Logic podcast number so and so. Such what I was going to say about the, uh, the attitude in the. <laughs> The attitude in the outskirts right now. Uh, the wife w- went up with me this weekend. We're doing some work. She got thirsty, went into the uh, liquor and gun store and walked in the door and asked, are you taking Minneapolis money here? And uh, they got a, so- a, zo- a sound, yes, hell yes. Uh, That's so, a bad so combination, to- man, a liquor and a gun store. Well, what they also have hardware, One-stop hardware and home appliances <laughs> and bait and tackle and everything you need when you're up north. It's perfect. Uh, but you're they re- are accepting Minneapolis money, and, and they want to do business with us. So, you know. Do you recall we had the story from the uh, the Montana Gazette last Thursday where yes, we discovered yes. that they were wearing yes. pink armbands to signify... Uh, uh, whether they were good, safe people or not. Right. Uh, Do Keith they have swastikas Olson, on them? Keith Olson in Terry, Montana writes, Yeah, that Montana paper is a reliable source. They have also reported on the antics of Powder River County, Broadus, Montana. You read an excerpt from my meal, email concerning the forms uh, concerning the forms at the Broadus City Hall for ratting out on your neighbor. The adjoining county to the east of Powder River is Carter. That public health nurse started knocking on doors of people in Ikalaka, a native name, when she didn't recognize the car when this COVID thing first started. She also tried to cancel all the spring turkey season when the governor canceled the out-of-state non-residential hunting this spring. Oh, Carter County is another one that is larger than the state of Delaware, Delaware, with something like a point eight of a person per square mile. Ikalaka was started because the founder's wagon broke down or got stuck in some mud, and he literally thought this would be the perfect spot for a saloon. So that's why there's Ikalaka. Gotcha. Uh-huh. Just, uh, just disturbing news. Ooh. Now, this guy wants a ruling. Jeff in Rochester needs a ruling. Joe, my wife and I were out for a walk the other day. We came across a motor scooter that was for sale with a price or best offer. It should be noted that I have wanted a scooter for quite a while, but have always been told that our house is not properly zoned for a scooter. Anyway, I said casually, or best offer. Hmm. I wonder what he would take. I wonder if he'd take the two hundred dollars in my pocket. My wife answered, "Do you have two hundred dollars in your pocket?" and said nothing more. 
Was I given permission and didn't realize it until no, late? No, too late? no. Well, I'm the uh, mayor. Uh, I'm, I'm going to rule. <laughs> oh, Joe. And he says, now can, I make, now can I make the trip to EcoFund? He got permission, Kenny. No. That's permission. No, In my no, world, that's that, permission. That is not permission. That's you have $200 in your pocket? That's yeah, what that is. I know, but that's permission. I don't care no. what her inflection was. I don't care what no. her inflection was. She That's... was giving tacit permission for him to spend the $200 that she was shocked that he had in his pocket. That's a lady saying, what are you doing with $200 in your pocket when we need fill in the blank? I now know perfectly people... well what it is, but it's permission. Permission is a very, very subjective situation. You're driving down the street and your Corvette goes by and, uh, and she says, boy, that's a nice shade of red. You could come home with one that day. That's right. That's permission. So this gets me into a, a, a question I've been wondering a lot about lately because there's people selling a lot of things on Craigslist right now, mm-hmm. and uh, and it's best offer type of situation. And I've seen lines like, even if you think you're off, best offer is insulting, call me anyway. I know a guy that knows a guy that bought a $3,500 motorcycle for 2400 last week. Really? Yeah. And I is that, are we taking advantage of people? Is that ideology? ideology Why would that be taking it, advantage of people? The guy wanted to know. sell the bike. No, the guy wanted to sell his bike. He probably needs the dough was, in the lockdown. He did. So he, well, so he took what and, he could get. And that's what his answer was. It was, uh, you know what, normally I wouldn't do this, but I really, really need the money. Come on over, and the bike is yours. There's now a guy in the water up there up to his neck. Up in Itasca? Yeah. He just sunk down all the way to his neck. Well, he'll be all right. Joe, I've written to your GarageLogic email and have received responses from Chris Reavers that he will forward it on to you. I hope you have read them. I am writing because I believe from your podcast you have grandchildren the same age as my children. I have a second grader, a pre-K, and a three-year-old. I am a mid-40-year-old professional you have been pleading with to run for local elected office. Our experience through this lockdown has me wondering whose side you're on. I'm, I fully am on board with our mutual belief that government needs to get out of our way, but your constant equivocation to the data of what COVID-19 is doing or capable of doing to our population has given me pause. How quickly we as a nation are to concede our liberties. Take a breath, take a step back, take a look at the data. That's what I've been doing, Mark. I have a four-year-old asking if the coronavirus will keep him from having a fifth birthday. Neighbors scurry their kids away from our fence to keep their distance. Unmasked shopping at grocery stores results in quick U-turns. I am departing from decorum at this point to ponder where the hell do we go from here? Median age of death of 83. I lost my grandparents by the age of 75. My kids aren't allowed to go swimming at the YMCA, to learn at their school we choose, to go shopping with me, forbidden to get close to neighbors, and constantly bombarded with a mantra of stay inside to stay alive. And you thought Greta was a nuisance? We will have generation of stunted, terrified, and weak citizens remembering that forfeiting their liberties to the greater good of government discretion is the correct path. To that I say we have failed. Well, Mark, I, I hope you listen to today's podcast because everything I've been saying today pretty much leads up to your email. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I, couldn't, uh, I couldn't agree with you more that uh, I've reached the point where I say, the hell with it, you got to open up. 
and you I open up. And I can relate with the because his kids are about the same age as my two boys. And for the first time, because I'm doing the the two hours every morning, we're we're learn we're e learning, and then they're off to daycare before I come here. And for the first time over the weekend, my eight-year-old son got a little scared and started to ask me questions about this virus. And it was, boy, that was a that was a tough conversation to have while not trying trying to terrify the living hell out of him. You know, he was asking pretty pretty decent questions about it. You know, and it it, it he was scared, and I I sympathized. You know, because well, like like was it Mark? Mark said, you know, you, you what you don't want is for these kids to grow up with this overriding fear. Well, this is just okay. the newest newest generation yeah. that will be held captive to this to this philosophy. Mm. It's uh, it's it's question dreadful. for question for both of you. Um, and let's go back to that letter from Utah, right? It was mm-hmm. Utah. Mm-hmm. How would you feel if our schools did the same thing? Uh, both you, Such, and you, Reavers. How, how would you both take that? I'm sure that they are, to some extent, doing exactly the same thing. They're not Chris, going to. It, uh, Chris, They're if they said that punish. to you, if they said that to you, would you stop the at-home learning? Boy, what, um, would, you, what would you do? You know what I would do? Whatever my wife wanted. <laughs> uh, I, well, let's talk about her. She's she's from what I can tell has conservative leanings, and and she yeah, is a GLer for sure. Ah, uh, so boy, I don't know. I re- I really don't know, Kenny. I, I I guess I can't answer that. If I had kids in that age bracket, uh, they damn well are going to continue the online learning. They're not getting yeah. away with skating. Yeah, and and to be honest, I only have one. The other one isn't isn't in school yet, and he thoroughly enjoys it. I mean, it's it's kind of been something fun that we've been able to somewhat bond over these last few right. weeks. It's it's been kind of cool. Right. But he gets I, to I see his dad when he normally would. Yeah, and but I would also say this: I sure lucked out that he's not a lot older because. I'm having a little trouble with second grade, you know, math and reading. <laughs> oh, it's it's unbelievable. Yeah, no, they've invented a new a new way of doing math. Yeah, that's far I, uh, more say, complicated. I, I have been stating today that I've reached the point where I say we open, and uh, uh, critics of that view would say, "Well, no, because you then risk uh, spikes in the illness and hospitalizations." Well yeah. then, then the what the question we need an answer to then is, well, does anyone with the knowledge, whether it's Osterholm or Fauci or Burks, does anyone have an idea when you'll not say that? When no. there's a vaccine, that that will be their comeback. What if there and isn't that, a vaccine? What yeah, if this thing right. is so complex that it's very right. difficult to manufacture a vaccine? Then you're going to tell me. That, no, bear with us, bear with us. No, no, people are starving. They're going to lose their homes. They're losing their jobs. And and uh, the government's getting way out of uh, overkicking its coverage on spending money. So you're going to tell me that, oh, we can't risk going back. We can't risk uh, loosening social distancing. We can't put the nets back on the tennis courts in Minneapolis. We can't put the nets back on the basketball rims. We can't let you play catch. We can't let you play t-ball. We risk too much. Well, when are you going to tell me that we're not risking too much? Okay, Such, so you mentioned it briefly there. What if they throw the switch, everything's open, baseball's on, let's do it, and then the hospitals become overwhelmed? Then what do we do? Do we just deal with it and continue on, or do we go back into lockdown phase two? What do we do? If you went back into lockdown phase two, then it's 
you must logically conclude there would then be a lockdown phase three, phase four, phase five, and phase six. Because if, if in fact, if in fact, reopening results in a uh, horrific spike in deaths and hospitalizations, okay, that that the, the, the response from the state will be, oh, that was too soon, shut down again. Okay. Then you try to reopen again. Up, 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 up. That was too soon. We're still not there. Shut down again. So maybe you, maybe you, maybe it's inevitable. What's the term the scientists are using? The herd mentality. Mm-hmm. May, maybe, it, and it's such a horrific thing to say uh, because God, no one wants anyone to suffer from this. No one. But maybe you just let it burn through the world. But the problem is, we are going to get that second wave in the fall anyway. Whether whether we open up or whether we and continue the lockdown, it's it's coming this fall, regardless of what. What, what, what are you basing that on? The, se- the 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 second wave being the flu season, it's go- it's going oh. to happen again. Yeah. yeah, there's no question it's going to happen again, and it is burning through the world. Uh, it's not burning through the United States. No, but there is a chance. I was reading something over the weekend that I forgot to forward to both of you. But there's a decent chance that the vast majority of us have already had the virus and we don't even know it because it's, it's, the symptoms are so different for so many people that we, we, there, there's a good chance we could have already had it and not even known it. That's the other troubling that, part of it. I don't think that would be true in my case, given my age. Probably it might not. Be true, it might be true in your case. Yeah. But uh, I, I'm the I'm the target for this damn thing because we don't even know when this thing first got here. We have no idea. We we think we do, but we have no clue. I'll tell you an interesting story. I don't think I'm talking out of school. Uh, the CP was talking to her brother the other day, and he lives in Idaho. And in January, he went to the hospital thinking he had a stroke. Oh my! And and he was given all the tests, and none of them could indicate that he had a stroke. So he recovered and he left, and then this COVID thing hit. So he went back and had a test. He had he had it. He had COVID nineteen. Wow! In January, in Idaho, in a small town. Wow! Wow! And he thought, and and you have read lately that one of the new uh, situations related to COVID is strokes in young people. He's not young. He's my age, but. Strokes are becoming more common with this thing, which is why, and again, I'm no Fauci or Osterholm, but I, it certainly seems uh, problematic to me to nail this down for a vaccine. God, rookie just scared the living hell out of me. That's what he does. So I have a question you for you, Such. <laughs> oh, we're going to lose. I'm sorry. Go ahead, focus Kenny. Focus now. Uh, as far as you wanting to starting to want to reopen everything how's this sit with one of your daughters that you used to have that works for michael she we've had this talk and she believes that she believes that the herd situation uh, and so does michael he he believes that that might be inevitable yeah and she also believes that People are going to continue to wean themselves off this stay-at-home yeah. order. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not seeing it traffic-related. Um, I, I thought I'd see a huge spike in traffic this morning, and 
I did not. I was no. kind of anticipating the same thing, and I didn't notice a bit of difference. I predict that one of the ways we'll know that people are weaning themselves off the stay-at-home orders is, well, we're allowed to drive, right? Yes. We're, yeah. Well, I, I'll, I, I'll say. Yeah. I, I predict <laughs> that you'll see a, a tremendous increase in traffic as people just take advantage of low gas prices and go out for a ride. Yeah, I haven't seen that happen yet, but we're only we're only now getting into the beautiful, beautiful weather. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know how I would like to take that first drive just for the hell of it and fill that little thing up with a Fiat 124 Spider from Schmel's Countryside. Oh, that'd be fun in oh. Maplewood. Oh my goodness! <clears throat> Southeast quadrant of uh, Highway 36 and Highway 61 in Maplewood. Of course, they're you know behaving what? to keep you safe. Yes, Kenny. You you know what you'll do. You'll go for a Roycey walk. Yes. Go for a Roycey walk. Top down, 15 miles an hour. <laughs> Schmelz, Countryside Volkswagen, Fiat, and Alfa Romeo. Open Monday through Friday, 8.30 a.m. to 5 p.m., Saturday, 9 a.m. to 2 p.m. I have to go back and visit the guys at Countryside because when I turned in my Alfa Romeo uh, Stelvio, I left uh, some... Uh, uh, electric equipment in the center console. I forgot to take, I had a little compact displayer in there. I got to go back and get it. I better make an appointment because that's how they're doing it now. On-site sales by appointment only. That way you're not kicking tires along with other people on the sales floor. And uh, the employees are working half shifts to limit exposure. Cleaning and disinfecting is happening throughout the day. So here's what you do. You go to SchmelzVW.com, SchmelzFiat.com, SchmelzAlphaRomeo.com. Pick out what you're most interested in, and that will be a hard choice because they're all spectacular. And then call them and make your appointment. 651-243-4316. 651-243-4316. Schmelz Countryside in Maplewood. Hello again, this is Mike Fratelloni from Fratelloni's Ace Hardware and Garden Stores. Fratelloni's is open every day till 6 p.m., seven days a week. Please come on in. We are practicing ultra, no-touch, social distance customer service. You're going to come in and we're going to say, hey, what can we help you find from 10 feet away? We're not going to touch you. You're not going to touch us. We're constantly cleaning our stores. We're really trying to be as safe for our employees and as safe for our customers as we possibly can. So be aware that our customer service is going to be a little different. Stop on at Fratelloni's right now. Come on in. Social distance customer service. Fratelloni's Ace Hardware and Garden Stores. You'll learn more here by accident than elsewhere by design. Here's Joe Souchere. I love this story so much. I'm going to ask Mr. Mayor to tell it again. You did what with the coffeegrounds.com? Well, I ordered cigars because you You, were touting their humidor. You picked up the phone, right? I, I did. And I talked and, to Eric. And I asked for a specific brand, and he did what a sharp entrepreneur d- does. He said, I don't have those, but I can get them. So I said, so fine. Awesome. Nice. Send them That's to me. So Here's my awesome. credit card number. Last week when I was talking about the humidor being open, and they've got a lot of things going on at the coffee grounds. It's not just coffee. It's cigars. It's a bar. It's a liquor store. It's a restaurant. You name it. But I, I really plug the fact that the humidor is open, and I love it because it's like one per one person per humidor, or whatever I'm trying to say there. One person and, at a time can go in the humidor. 
I, I love that because I like being left alone to with the very, very important decisions in life. Right. And the fact that you, instead of ordering online like the rest of us do or driving down there like the rest of us do, you picked up the phone oh, and said, no. hey, it's Joe. Yeah, so keep that's what that I did. Mind. Whoever keep answered, that. I said, this is Joe Souchere from Garage Logic. And she went, uh... You better talk to Eric. <laughs> <laughs> That's so cool. So you got to keep that in mind, GLers, as I'm hammering the coffeegrounds.com, the coffeegrounds.com. Order your order your coffee. You know the GL signature coffee blends, the Krabby Coffee Shop, the Spoon Lake, the John Hyde Decaf. It didn't occur to me that we could just pick up the phone and talk to them and pay for it over the phone and then have it delivered. These guys, Eric and Julie, they've been around since '96. They did their homework. They they source out the beans every year, every winter. They head on down south and find the best source of beans. And, uh, boy, they love it. GLers love the place. It's right off of I-94, Southtown Drive in Eau Claire. And, yeah, they've got burger patties, sliced cheeses, bacon, pork chops, fish, you name it. They've got everything you need. If you need to stock up the liquor cabinet, they can do that for you. And like Joe said, order some cigars. You don't even have to go into the coffee grounds. GLers, we'd really, really love it if you could show your support for Eric and Julie at the coffee grounds in Eau Claire. If you're new school, if you're comfortable with it, you can order online, thecoffeegrounds.com. And thank you. And remember that humidor. It's open. It's open, Joe. Hail the flashlight king. Hey. Hail you. Joe, I'm a business lender for a local area financial institution. I have firsthand knowledge of the much-heralded Paycheck Protection Program, soon to dole out another half a trillion dollars. For the past two weeks, I have been inundated with calls, emails, and demands of business owners trying to cash in on this program. I can tell you that we lenders did not even know the rules and regulations until the morning the funds became available and daily changes to the regulations. Fast forward two weeks later, and we still do not know how the process in which a business owner or borrower has the loan amount forgiven and the lender gets paid back the loan, uh, gets paid back the loan the same proceeds while collecting the enticing processing fee that ranges from 1% to 5% of the loan amount. As to the application process, no standard protocol was given for lenders as it relates to determining and verifying what constitutes payroll expenses. I have received well-documented payroll logs for a few borrowers, but sadly far too many verifications that would amount to a handwritten figure on a cocktail napkin. On top of that, the applicant's signature on the application is an affidavit that the information provided is true and correct and that they are experiencing financial hardship that requires the need for a loan. Again, I find many business owners have stated, I don't really need this money, but I might as well get what everyone else is getting. Does anybody understand that this is the money of the taxpayer? Finally, no one has been able to tell me that once the loan is funded, how we lenders verify that the employees that are supposed to be paid from these loan funds are not also collecting unemployment, as many have probably been laid off since mid-March. Additionally, many lenders are doing minimal due diligence on the identities of the applicants or the payroll figures provided on the application. 
So I will guarantee you that millions of dollars will be paid to those seeking to steal and defraud the program. And as you said, the country is just too big for Uncle Sam to monitor its citizens anymore. Joe, this whole debacle is simply making business owners another dependent victim of the nanny state. What happens if businesses aren't allowed to open after the eight weeks this money is supposed to cover payrolls? Do they allocate another $4 trillion in aid? At what point do we finally realize that the government needs to start doing serious means testing on who really needs the money and stop destroying the financial futures of my children and your grandchildren, always pushing back Scott from Invergrove? Holy, that's what I predicted. Yep. The left yep. hands don't know what the right hands are doing. Yeah. And the, and, the, and the government, as a result of this, will only get bigger. There will become new agencies and new departments and new bureaucracies as we become. You know what we're going to become? We're going to become medicalized. We're going to become a country that will probably have to carry around uh, uh, identification papers showing our various illnesses. And that program that he was describing in his email, <laughs> it, what's, what's to stop the business owner who receives that check for the government that's supposed to then hand it to the employees What's going to prevent that guy or gal from just pocketing the cash themselves? Well, that's what he said. There's yeah. no standard. There's no means testing. No. Ugh. I don't think they had anything evil in mind, but uh, John probably has one, John Hyde, and I know I do. I do have a card that I carry in my wallet that states that I'm a heart patient, and it shows uh, there's a picture of my heart, and it shows where the stents have been installed. So it's a process that they've already put in, but it wasn't with evil in mind. I'm sure you know not, I'm but what is, the, what is the rationale? You keel uh, over in front of me, that's, that picture isn't going to do me any good. <laughs> I guess it's for first, from what I understand, it's for first responders and the like, if you have an incident and you're discovered, you know, and, mm-hmm. and you're unconscious. You know, we haven't had a best beer submission for some time. Yeah, that's and true. And Kenny, you were mentioning... We you were mentioning your difficulty in just getting a simple paintbrush up north because people are doing so many home projects. And Jared writes, I would like to offer a best beer submission for your mayoral consideration, the post-project beer. Oh, yes. The CP yes. and I purchased our first home earlier this year, and I've gained a greater appreciation for a cold one after having crossed another project off the ever-growing honey-do list. Whether you're standing back and admiring a freshly painted room amid halogen work lights, or you've just wrapped up scooping the spring junk out of the gutters, there are very few things that taste better than some suds after a job well done. Hoping this submission passes muster and makes the permanent best beer list, but defer to your mayoral wisdom. Well, of course it's a great beer. That's a great, that's a great best beer because you know what the key to that those beers are? Um, cold. They've got to be cold. No, no. Oh. You've earned it. Oh, yes. Oh. It's a reward. It's a reward. You've earned it. <laughs> Unless you're my wife, then you're midway through the project, and she's like, ah, I'm running to the store. We need beer. <laughs> Be right back. <laughs> and before the, before the project is done, she's killed a six-pack on her own. <laughs> Say, Stillwater, Stillwater is lumberjacking itself. Uh, they've shut yeah. down the 4th of July and lumberjack days. Again. Yep. Mm-hmm. Stillwater, come on here. Uh, they just, they're too successful. Yeah. Uh, it, it, people have too much fun. Uh, it's such a pleasant destination that they've, uh, they've ruined it for themselves All right, because so, it's too popular. Well, Lumberjack Days, 4th of July. We heard yep. back to the 50s courtesy of Rook earlier today. What yep. day do you predict they're going to announce the state fair? 
I got to think week. Hammer. I got to think Hammer can't go past uh, mid June. Mid June? You think it'll be that oh, late? No. It, it, oh no! Oh no! What am I thinking? June. I thought. Yeah. No, I, I'm sorry. I thought, I don't think Hammer can go past mid May. Yeah, right. I kept yeah. thinking well, this is May. It's not May. It is on Friday. Speaking of uh, speaking of Stillwater, you know that is such a destination. I'm surprised they haven't just shut down Stillwater altogether. You could just not go down the hill. Yeah. They should in the fall because you can't get in there because people are having to go buy apples and stuff or whatever they do. (laughs) Look at the the colors. (laughs) I'm just looking at Friday. We have a potential opener. I was going to just mention that when you were talking about May 1st being Friday. My phone phone is calling for 67 on Friday, but we don't know. I saw 72 forecasted earlier today. Oh, boy. On the 9. The 9 was predicting I'm, the 72. I'm putting you on notice. I am not doing another <laughs> Zoom meeting. No more hey, Zooms for me. Hey, you know, not that we would ever do this to our loyal listeners, but we could just lie because we're it's a podcast. Yeah. We, we, we could bet at 4 o'clock it's going to be Remind 72. Remind me, though, what did we change the rules to since, because we've only done one as a podcast. Uh, well, the rule on radio was always... it. it the 70 had to be reached while we were on the air. Right. Is that true of uh, while we're podcasting? I can't remember what you declared. I can't remember what we did last year. I'd have to look at the Oh, no, we were at Grunhofer's. That's right. No. the 70. No, yes, that, we were, Kenny. And it I wasn't know we 70. were there, but we were there for the opening of fishing, and we somehow didn't call it the opener. We called it something else. Uh, it was the Friday before fishing. You're open. right. That's Remember exactly all the boats was. that were going yep, by? That's exactly yeah. right. And it was a it was a cool day up there at Grundhoffers. Very chilly. I'm looking aren't for we my supposed sheet. to do we're supposed to do an event for this, aren't we, Chris? Well, but obviously given what's going on right now, I don't know that we we would be able to. That's the problem. Because we w- we were thinking about doing a patio opener with our friends at Thirty Bales, but they're not Oh, that's what it was. They're not open. Right. That's the problem. We got a catastrophe in the making here. Uh-oh. I, I, I appear to have lost my sheet of the historic dates of all our openers. <laughs> oh, I can't no. find it. Well, this comes Sound the alarm. Actually. Damn it. <laughs> it's, it's somewhat of a relief, actually. Well, how much longer uh, can we keep going with ISOs? There can't be that many left. No, he talk- he's talking openers. openers. Oh, oh talking I'm sorry. Openers. I'm sorry. Yeah, what yeah, am I talking yeah. about? You know what else we haven't talked about in a long time? Our little uh, fantasy road trip we've been planning. Well, so that I guess that's be, off the table. Well, that seems to be a, a COVID wipeout, too. Yeah. You know. I'm going to have to drive through Stillwater easy, on the way home. That today. was an easy out for you, Such. Boy, you got out of that. <laughs> you know, you mentioned we were at uh, Grunhofer's last May. Yep. I, I, I do remember that was the opening of the fishing weekend because boats were pulling in. And uh, it's uh, Grunhofer's Old Fashioned Meats on the north end of Hugo on Highway 61. And oh, Spencer, oh, oh. My son was up there over the weekend. I bet you he spent $500. You should see all the stuff here. And he said they had two coolers full of meatloaf. There was no way they were going to run out of meatloaf. (laughs) That's that oven-ready meatloaf pre-made. And uh, Spencer wants you to know that he's got, uh, if you can't find it at the grocery store, he's got it. They're open for business. They're practicing their social distancing. It still is and always will be the greatest meat capital of the world. You can get the brats, the steaks, the burgers, the salmon, the ham, the bacon, the jerky, you name it. They got it You taken care of at uh, Grunhofer's Old Fashioned Meats in Hugo. It's right on Highway 61. You can't miss it because it's got that red GL sign out front. Kenny, did you say two coolers of meatloaf? Uh, Challenge accepted. 
Yeah, he said they were really... He came home with turkey jerky, regular jerky, nice. this, oh, another tray of salmon, uh, a bunch of brats, you wouldn't believe, uh, and a couple of meatloaves. You wouldn't believe all the grunt offers we have in stock right now. It's nice. awesome. Nice. Yeah. <clears throat> I want to read an email from uh, uh, Al who writes, I sent an email on this subject to Reavers last year. But yesterday's podcast made this subject relevant again. Irrelevant again. He wrote this late last week. I'm not a global warming alarmist. Climate change does not keep me up at night. I will continue driving my SUV and have no plans to change my lifestyle. However, I do think that humans have a very small and perhaps insignificant effect on climate. You insisted in a podcast last year in March that there are no equations that tell us the relationship between carbon dioxide emissions and temperatures rising. There are, in fact, equations demonstrating this relationship. And he sent me some charts. These, what are you eating? Uh, I'm opening up another pack of cigars. <laughs> <laughs> these equations are most likely used in the climate Busted. models. What these equations fail to define is the exact impact that man-made emissions have. Man-made emissions are very small in comparison to natural emissions. The only conclusion I can come up with is that they must have made some assumptions by looking at rising global temperatures and rising CO2 emissions, which I disagree with. I'm not drinking the Kool-Aid, but the chemical makeup of the atmosphere plays a key role in global temperatures. This has been true since Earth has existed. The thermal effect of CO2 has been demonstrated in labs. I'm not a climate expert. I learned these equations in one of my engineering classes from an instructor who is very cynical regarding man-made climate change. The only difference between my viewpoint and yours is, I believe, CO2 emissions have an impact on global temperatures. I just believe that natural emissions are the main cause of rising global temperatures. Thank you, Al. I go along with that. Is Rookie in tonight to do uh, Monday Night Sports Talk? He and uh, Patrick are currently in the green room doing a little show prep. We Boy, I hope, uh, <laughs> I, I, I hope Patrick uh, uh, followed the draft because I didn't follow one second of it. Are you guys ready? I watched they, damn near every second on Thursday. And they're saying that's, that's the way it was across the whole be, United States. Be, they had more viewers than ever. We, it's because we, we crave sports. There's nothing to watch. Yeah, I I, I watched sad. a fair amount of Get it. Get out of the house, Louis. I did. I did. Who did the, the Vikings draft? Uh, we got a first wide, pick. Well, I got a wide receiver from LSU. LSU, and then we got a cornerback from TCU. What do you think of Tell that, those Joe? Two, I I can hear their f bombs <laughs> through my headphones. Tell them to <laughs> shut up. Jeez. Is it Joe Burrow? Joe Burrow, yes. Uh, went to Cincinnati. Number one overall, sir. It's a shame that these players. Uh, have to suffer the uh, consequences of these drafts. The guy could end up being a superstar, and he's stuck with Cincinnati. Well, I ah. think he's from there. He he oh, he, he, he grew up in outstate uh, Ohio. Oh, then never mind. So it's almost a Joe Maurer kind of hometown deal, huh? Yeah, yeah. There you go. Cincinnati Bengals. Man, it's been a while since they had a decent club. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's been a while. Could you uh, <laughs> could you do me a favor and just save this for sports talk? <laughs> Yeah, I, I knew that uh, was coming. I'm, uh, I'm, I've checked you, out. Check it out. Are you kidding? <laughs> Alan Fram uh, is a, a loyal listener and always sends me interesting information. He sent me a piece that includes the seven-step plan from pandemic to, t- to totalitarianism. And it's, uh, it's from the uh, 
ZeroHedge.com, which is a right-wing think tank. That should be noted. But what I read here is entirely rational. Step one, a new virus starts to spread around the world. The World Health Organization declares a pandemic. Within days, governments at national and local levels declare states of emergency. At lightning speed, they impose lockdowns. Uh, I'll just do this uh, with brevity. Step two, national, state, and provincial and municipal leaders, as well as public health officials, start daily press briefings. They use them Mm -hmm. to pump out frightening statistics and modeling, asserting that the virus has the potential to kill many millions. Step three, there is a concerted effort by all levels of government and public health to very rapidly ramp up testing for viral RNA along with the production of personal protective, protective equipment. They push aside the need for regulation, including quality standards and independent verification of test rate for accuracy by insisting that fast approval and rollout are imperative for saving lives. Step four, when the number of cases and deaths start to plateau, local officials claim it's too early to tell whether the virus is finished passing through their population and therefore restrictive measures must continue. Step five. Well, I think we've experienced the first four steps. Yes, we right, have. Right, to a certain yeah. extent. Yep. Step yeah. five. About two or three weeks later, the dramatic increase in testing for viral DNA produces the desired goal of a significant upsurge in the number of people found positive for the virus. Public health officials add jet fuel to the surge by adding to their case uh, and death tallies the large number of people who are not only suspected, and not lab tests confirmed to have had an infection. Politicians and public health officials tell the populace this means they cannot return to their jobs or other activities outside of the home for the time being. Step six, large-scale human testing of many different types of antivirals and vaccines begins thanks to a concern push from the WHO, Bill Gates, and his collaborators, pharmaceutical and biotech companies, governments, and universities. Uh, Step seven. Soon the new virus starts another cycle around the globe, just as influenza and other viruses have every year for millennia. Officials again fan the flames of fear by positing the potential for millions of deaths among people not yet protected. They rapidly roll out virus and antibody testing again, while companies sell billions more doses of antivirals and booster vaccines. Governments simultaneously cede control of all remaining public assets to global companies. This is because local and national governments' tax bases were decimated during step one, and they're virtually bankrupt from their unprecedented spending in the war against the virus and other steps. The overall result is a complete medicalization of the response to the virus, which on a population net level is no more harmful than influenza. This is coupled with the creation of a permanent totalitarianism controlled by global companies and a 24-7 invasive surveillance police state supported by widespread blossoming of smart technology. The key players repeat the cycle of hysteria and massive administration of antivirals and booster shots every few months, and they implement a variation of steps one through seven while another new pathogen appears on the planet. We, uh, with the arrival of COVID-19, many countries complete, uh, quickly completed steps one, two, and three. Step four is well underway. Step five is on track to begin in early May. That's from a right-wing guy named uh, Tyler Durden. But, uh, oh, yeah, I've heard of him. But it's, 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 entirely, it's entirely in keeping with, with what we're hearing. Um, but, uh, okay, go back to your original quote that you opened the show with. I think you attributed it to uh, Churchill. The, the, government can't, the government cannot give you anything that they already haven't taken from you. 
okay, but the only way they can take from us is if everything is open and we're employed and we're making money and generating income and keeping the economy going, correct? They can't they can't tax us. They can't expect us to pay them if everything is shut down. How are states going to forgive property taxes? They're not going to shut they? They, Well, what if people mm-hmm. can't pay them? That means they're going to end up owning all this. Do they, in fact, want to own all of our property? That that, that serves them no purpose. Isn't that what uh, Omar it? said last week? What was her her quote was uh, that that no one should be allowed or property owners should not be allowed to evict anyone, and that the government should be able to control that part of their ownership. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. Yeah. Well. I- I'm rooting for. Uh, I'm. I'm not rooting for this seven-step scenario to take place. Obviously, it's it's dreadful, but the 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 parts are there to build this machine. If 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 the if the goodness of human spirit does not prevail, uh, we could find ourselves going down this dark path, and uh, that's what we've been talking about the whole show. And it's a dark, dark path, which has brought me to the conclusion that we must open now with each passing day we risk becoming way too complacent with the government running things so i say open today but that gets me in hot water i'm in hot water the government needs us open in order for the government to survive right right they'll believe me they'll be the last to lose their jobs oh 100 percent yeah but if we're not working and if they start um taking our property because we can't pay taxes, then the Civil War scenario, the war, is going to come into play, which you were darkly alluding to off the air last week. We never did bring it up on the air. Well, and to bring the show full circle, it could be that Sweet Hollow will once again be home to shanties. (laughs) (laughs) I have to laugh. Oh, yeah. Well, thank you, GLers. It's been wonderful. Can, I, I had an idea w- during the show. Good. Can we, each of us that work here at Garage Logic, can we come up with reasons why COVID has been good for us? I accidentally discovered one during the course of the show. Joe doesn't have to go on tour with the crew this summer. Yeah, I wouldn't mind like yeah. So COVID has been good for Joe in that regard. Hmm. Can the rest of us come up with these? Reavers? I already have a couple. All right. Yeah, I like that let's, idea. Let's do that. Then. How I COVID can't have been up. good for me? I can't come up with anything. <laughs> well, Kenny just got probably me could. I think I'll, probably I'll think could. about it. All right. Very good. New Hi. Jersey. New Jersey just issues stay at home order to continue indefinitely. Thanks, bro. Well, hey, on that note. Let's go. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>